Welcome back to the Joat Show here on the Dion Family Network, episode 135. And I don't, I still don't think I've recovered from that Buffalo Kansas City game. I'm giving away my great because we just watched the greatest. I, I mean, even if you're not going to say that was the greatest game, this was the greatest weekend of football I've ever seen. Hands down, I almost feel bad for the other three games because they were so good. I'm having trouble remembering them, but I'm sure we'll talk about them. I will go but through them. They were they were all memorable in their own ways. This is this is what I thought was the great part of this weekend is every game to me one upped each other. Yeah, it just yeah, it's each like they were watching better. the teams go. Well, we got to do better than that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you guys, last second field goal. Okay, yeah, we're going to we block can... a punt and last second field right. goal. Oh, but... you guys blocked a punt and last second field goal? We're, we're... going to have Tampa Bay score and then Cooper Cup going to catch it. Right. Like, And those were the three that won up to each other. And then this Buffalo-Kansas City game was it's, just... It's... Yeah, <laughs> it can't, there's no words. It, it's, it's speechless, but we're also yeah. probably going to talk about it for about 20 minutes. <laughs> that, that's how long Tim and Friends talked about it today. 20 minutes on one game. And it's almost like I tried to take notes. I definitely didn't take notes during the game. But after I, like, rewatched, I watched the highlights. I found, not to blow up someone's spot, but I found someone posting uh, Chris Berman's NFL primetime on YouTube. Okay. And he he was doing this game, and it was about seven or eight minutes. And I thought, wow, that's, like, you you have to dwindle that down. This game was so big that tennis... Um, had Berman on for the first time ever to talk a little bit about football because it was so impressive. Yeah. And then, of course, he talked tennis as well. But I yeah. did, I did hear parts of that. Yeah, so that was pretty impressive. We are going to go through these games. I'm also once we get through them, I'm also going to do we're going to do some Super Bowl matchup power rankings. Okay, because we got. I mean, again, the the sad part of this is that there's three games left, but two of them are going to be in L.A. And the. In my mind, the two best teams just played each other already. Oh, the Super Bowl just happened. Yeah. And it might, might be unlucky. Uh, there are some other sports, I guess, going on. Uh, the NHL, the Oilers won. Uh, we'll talk about also the Jordan Subban incident in the ECHL and Vancouver hiring the first ever female assistant general manager. Yeah, so yeah. good and bad side of hockey. I think it's yeah. good. I kind of put those together because I don't think we could ever – I don't think we – think that this game is perfect and you see that example of what happened over the weekend in the ECHL but there is still some good and I think the league and fans as a whole I think we all need to work towards I don't think it'll ever be perfect but I think we just need we still need it to be better right and then in the NBA again um the Grayson Allen Alex Caruso feud I guess we're gonna call it that was just Pure entertainment. A couple NBA things. Then we'll talk some Aussie Open because the the Canadians are really, oh yeah, heating up for sure. And we're not talk, talking about the women's side, no, which we normally are. Yeah, those are usually the contenders. But of course, we're gonna start the greatest NFL weekend, and it starts Saturday afternoon. And yep. right after we finished recording the last episode, I I went back because I hadn't finished. Bill Simmons and Peter Strager talking about the games. They were all over Tennessee, but they left this one little tidbit about this game that made me think, oh, I should not have picked Tennessee, which, first of all, I don't know why I didn't listen to myself throughout the year. We were both bullish on the Titans. Yeah, absolutely. We thought they were frauds the whole time. And then yep. this week I thought, oh, no, they're not. And I really regret that. I was cheering for the Bengals, so I did, like, hedge in that way. Yeah. Um, 
but it was that Zach Taylor was an assistant at Texas A&M when Ryan Tannehill was the quarterback. Right. So whatever that means, that it, he at least knows something about the quarterback. For sure. Especially after the first play. Yeah. Opening opening play interception, which again made me go, oh, so I, I did really pick the Titans. And it's one of those, when you're picking these games sometimes, and it's not every game, but just look at the quarterbacks and just maybe, I mean, I think two of these games actually, yeah, you could argue, argue the other three games, the better quarterback technically didn't win. Right. But in this one, it was just, oh yeah, this is Ryan Tannehill. He is nothing special and... Joe Burrow in his second year is already a top I don't know I don't, I don't think I'm willing to go top five yet but he's definitely like the sixth or seventh best quarterback in football yeah he's up there uh Derek Henry who has a plate in his foot and a bunch of screws also in his foot like I I say underwhelming but it's just because you're expecting him to run for 157 yards on 35 carries. Yeah, and it yeah. just wasn't his game. Right. And but but his backup actually played quite well. Yeah, Foreman is so they're the, good. the running game worked. Yeah, it was a good one-two punch. Yeah, and Henry even got the uh, the first touchdown of the game, the wildcat run, right. it, which is it's a good play because you're getting Derrick Henry, and almost kind of you're getting rid of that variable of having Tannehill there. Yeah, just exactly. give it to Henry and let him yeah, go. Now you got an extra blocker out there. Why did they go for two? I, they must have looked at the game f- against the Steelers and figuring this has got to be why we have to do this. Uh, I, from what I remember, again, this seems like this happened about three years ago now. <laughs> um, there was a penalty on the play. So usually when it, there's a penalty on the play, now you're going to get the ball at the one yard line or yeah. one and a half yard line or two yard line and that's usually when coaches will decide and okay instead of going for two because i'm not sure where it's from the three yard line can't i can't be believe i can't remember this but anyway it's half the distance to the goal right yeah. so now a lot of coaches go, will say we have a play based on i don't know why a yard and a half makes a difference but that again the analytics i guess come into play there i i, I agree why i don't know because i had a feeling this was going to be a big important part of the game yeah whether it, they got it or not yeah it's because they had the touchdown Cincinnati had two field goals it's a 6-6 game so you're taking yeah. the lead in a much easier way if you're just kicking the extra point it, but I wouldn't say that anymore yes maybe a few years ago but now those extra points are not technically easy I'm using air quotes yeah they're not gimmies right but I, I guess it's just they tried to put that faith in Derrick Henry and uh, yeah like I'm sure and you're right percentage wise why would you not give Henry the ball at the one and a half yard line as opposed to your kicker kicking a what 30 yard something like that field yeah. goal which is an extra point whatever it is now right I can see those why those percentages are probably in the way they went yeah I, I get it. I, I think one of the rule changes, and I know it's not the only one we're going to talk about in this in this sequence of games, but I feel like teams should have the option because kickers are so inconsistent now. Where I feel like they should be able to run a play for and run it from the ten yard line, and that's one, or run it from the ten, and that's a two point conversion, or run it from the five, and that's for one instead of having the kicker out there. Because like, do we really? I mean, it also would make 
the important kicks that much more important because they wouldn't be out there as much. Right. It's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But I, I never thought about it that way. But yeah, you could make it more interesting for sure. Well, because that's even Kansas City proposed instead of an onside kick, you get a fourth and 15 play to yeah. try to keep the ball. Exactly. Yeah. We've talked about. Yeah. I like that too because again, how many times are people getting injured? Because it's, it's a collision course when you're doing an onside kick, right? Those are dangerous. Yeah. And you're running with it, your head down. And they don't happen very often where it works anyway, right? What's the 8% or it's something silly, right? Like, yeah, unless you're Dallas against the Falcons. Right, exactly. Then it's just all of them. Right. The, they could have kicked 10 onside. They should have just yeah. onside kicked every... every t- yeah, they could have had the ball the whole game. Yeah. Uh, Joe Mixon runs in for a touchdown. Again, the, the Burrow even, like... He was spreading the ball out, and it was funny that he didn't have a touchdown in this game because I had to look back and go, wait, he didn't throw a touchdown? Because it was just a like wide-open Joe Mixon run. Right. It just feels like, yeah, because, again, he was passing a lot and getting sacked a lot. Yeah. Nine times, to be exact. NFL record. Yeah. For- and we talked about that, right? We said, okay, Tennessee's front force probably not as good as the Raiders, but it Again, the offensive line, it's got to get better. Yeah, it's fallen apart. Luckily, I'm actually going to say, luckily, unluckily, they're facing a defense this next weekend that loves to blitz. Right. And it's good. It's good. We're going to see that rematch. Um, Tannehill, this was amazing. Going into Sunday, the only touchdown pass thrown was by Ryan Tannehill. One of the game managers of the weekend, which there's a few of them. Yeah. One of them won. Yeah. Another one lost. Yeah, they did. And wouldn't really even give the credit to them. But uh, the A.J. Brown touchdown catch where he's turned. It's like a back shoulder. He's turning. He's double covered. Yeah. And the ball just lands perfectly. And I'm like, that was the moment where I'm like, okay, this is why I bet on Ryan Tannehill because he could do that. Right. As a game manager, you don't expect him to make the perfect throw. Because I think... I, Tannehill and Garoppolo are probably the only two quarterbacks I wouldn't expect to make that throw. Right. Everybody else that was out there was like, yeah, yeah, they're all superstars, right? Yeah, you, you, you'd be surprised if they didn't make it. Maybe not that perfect, but at least catchable. Yeah, and to, I mean, for the most part, if you're thinking of the other quarterbacks, it's like, okay, well, Burrow probably would have thrown that to Chase. Rogers would have thrown it to Adams. Right. Brady has Mike Evans, yeah. Diggs for Josh Allen, right. Mahomes could be either of their two wide. Take I mean, pick. we're not still calling Travis Kelsey a tight end, right? He's just a wide receiver. Yeah, he's like Waller, who's a little bit slower. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Burrow sacked nine times. The Tennessee interception in which the ball is on the ground, and we all know it's on the ground. That was weird, like. I always thought when the ball touches the ground, that's it's the end of the story. Yeah. Like, how many t- uh, I'll tell you, the Cowboys, did they not lose a game based on that in the playoffs? Yeah. Like, there's been some heartbreak Dallas Cowboy games here, which, it, yeah, this started bringing up some bad memories for me. That also would have brought back, like, if they had won that game, that was in Green Bay against the Packers. And right. That would have made their record, even after this weekend, even worse. Yeah. And the Packers should have lost that game. Right. Um, but yeah, he he catches it and it's, but it's you can in see the it. Ground. You could see the gr- the grass like it, oh, moving and more than moving. It the 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 dirt underneath the grass was moving. But they're saying because uh, I, again, this is where I get confused with the rules because I always thought as soon as it's touching a blade of grass, 
that's the end of it. But I, I guess now, as long as the ball's not moving, you could have that football eight inches in the ground, and as long as it's not moving, it's considered a catch yeah. or an interception or whatever the play is. I, I didn't think those would be the rules we'd have it, to be discussing because it's the two steps, it's a football move, and it, yeah, he just kind of rolled over. Again, like I'm a neutral party on this, so I would have said incomplete. But it was an amazing catch. Yes, because it counted, it was amazing. For sure. I don't think it was a catch either. Yeah. Because I, I, once they explained it, I'm like, okay, sure, I, I guess that makes sense. But to me, it's always people always have the 100 guys at a bar theory of just ask them. That's, right. That should be who decides. And to me, I don't care if the ball's moving or not. If it's touching the ground, ground it's a it, dead that ball. Sh- that's right. should be the end. Because that's when they look at replays. How often? Oh, ball touched the ground or whatever, and that's right? It. Like, I don't know. Uh, do you want to know the stat that immediately made me swallow and go, "Ah, I picked the Titans and they were my number one pick this week." It was the Tennessee Titans have never won a playoff game as the number one seed. Wow! In two thousand and two thousand eight, they lost both games to the Baltimore Ravens. Wow! So, I mean, Tennessee could be the one seed as long as it's not a team in the AFC North. Right. That's their recipe for, for winning. Or either that or Music City Miracle. One yeah. of those two. Forward pass. That, I'm a little disappointed we don't get to see that highlight. No, yeah. I thought we might have, but no, that's not going to happen because there was too many other good things going on. Yeah. Uh, the last Tannehill interception, that's the classic. This is, I think we should count this as a Chris Collingsworth interception, but it's also Tannehill's fault. And he's a game manager, so... You got to give him a little bit of slack. Slack. Because that's not his. It's a, it was a risky pass even if they completed it because there was 40 seconds some odd left. Right. The numbers part, the seconds part, I had to write down the Bills Chiefs stuff because I just couldn't remember how much time was left because right. I, I myself was freaking out and I can't imagine what it would have been like in that stadium. That yeah. would have been a great experience. Um, so interception by Tannehill. Joe Burrow, one play to Jamar Chase out of bounds. Or I guess they run a couple plays, but the big play to Chase gets them in field goal range. Right. And Evan McPherson, who was uh, like fourth or fifth round pick this year from the Bengals. Yeah. Rookie quarter or quarterback, rookie kicker from Florida. And he's talking. Joe Burrow was telling the story after the game about before he went to kick, McPherson did a little warm-up kick, and he said Brandon. I assume that means Brandon Allen, the backup quarterback. Right. And he just – this is how Burrow – this isn't him actually doing it. This is how he, he described it as just like, okay, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship, which out of quotes from the weekend, I think there's two that compete. To go up for a 52-yard field goal and before you even walk out there to just basically say you'd already won the game. Right. And this was a kicker. Like, the first thing that came to my mind when they won the game, well, first thought was, oh, man, I picked the Titans. I feel <laughs> dumb. But yeah. second thought was, wasn't this the kicker in the Green Bay game that yeah. just kept couldn't, missing? Couldn't get a, hit a kick. And Kick a kick. He was he was the rookie, and he lost to Mason Crosby, which we saw what happened to Mason Crosby this weekend, too. Right. It was amazing, this journey, because this Bengals team, again, this week, when we talk about the game Friday, we're still going to say – you know what? They made it this far. Who who cares? This is the cherry on top. But right. that's not how this team thinks. No. They think they're a Super Bowl team. For sure. Which is, again, when you have nothing to lose, 
they're going to have expectations next year, but for now, this is just great playoff experience. Yeah. And this was just this was the first game, and I was thinking, yeah, okay, so this is the best game of the weekend. But it, it, yeah, get, and I guess maybe we're comparing it to last weekend, which was a real stinker. Except for well, a couple of games were okay, right? Yeah, but it it so was a letdown overall. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we were expecting more. And even I said, but I'm like, this best. is the this is the best weekend. Before I said this is the best weekend of football, right? And even I couldn't have expected this. No, no. And I guess maybe the Cincinnati ten, like the two Saturday games. I don't know if one was really better than the other. No, I, yeah, I couldn't tell you if you're going to tell me that. Uh, San Francisco beats Green Bay, which again we both picked the Packers. Yeah, and I, I said a part of it. Well, you know the Rodgers thing. He's zero three against them in the playoffs. It's not going to be a big deal unless he's 0-4. And I didn't even think of what actual record he was going to set, which was no quarterback has ever been 0-4 against one team in the playoffs in like 70 years. Right. And then everybody, before the game, people brought back up the clip of when the 49ers passed on Rodgers in the draft. And someone asked him, oh, do you like regret not being picked by the Niners? And he said, no, the Niners are going to regret not picking me. Uh-huh. And the full circle we've come to like the cockiness of Aaron Rodgers. Cause I feel like this is a bigger conversation of seeing him walk off the field. I don't think he's ever a Packer again. No, I don't think so either. I think it, I mean, worst case scenario, he retires, but right. I, I hope, I hope he doesn't. A, no, I hope there's another team out there for yeah, him. He's still a superstar. And for green Bay, maybe it's just, maybe you do need to move on. And if it's not Jordan love, I'm sure you could find a stopgap quarterback for a year and maybe get this Rodgers kind of stank off of them because not even the whole drama of this year. But since they've made it and won a Super Bowl, they haven't really had much success. No, but they've been primed for success. And, yeah, they just haven't got there. Like the most – I think they have the most playoff losses in the last 20 years at home. Like, right. And I'm sure – a few of those games are Brett. I guess twenty. Yeah, a few of those games would be Brett Favre. Right. Rodgers has been their starting quarterback since like two thousand and seven, two thousand eight, somewhere in that range. There, yeah. Um, and the opening drive, it's like okay, Green Bay's about it, to score forty five points. Yeah, they just they're following the Buffalo Bills script against New England. Oh, this is how you do it. Just march down the field and score. And and in my mind, I'm thinking, well, San Fran just can't keep up with the you know. They can't keep up. And they couldn't. Yeah. Exa- and, and still won. Yeah. Like the, the first quarter, after the first quarter, if you're a Green Bay fan, you've got to be thinking, oh my God, we're only up 7 nothing Because Green Bay dominated the first quarter. Damn. Dominated. Both sides of the ball. It, yeah. They did everything right. Yeah. And, and but they're only up 7. So now San Fran's going, okay, now we got a chance. Yeah. We're, we're in this game and nobody's really well i mean i know it ultimately comes back to jimmy g but they can't really run the ball and that's how they start their offense because then they'll start the play action plays the george kittle pass he's wide open in the middle of the field and he just like fumbles with it like um and see again i'm starting to you're bringing back memories of this game for (laughs) me it just felt like the pittsburgh steelers receivers were playing both sides of the field how many times did receivers have their hands on the ball for both teams in this game like think of that like if you go back and look i'm gonna say double digits easily 
and it wasn't like it was snowing. That kind of happened a little bit later. Yeah. It was cold, but it was dry. Yeah. And people just, yeah, that one kilo one where he he was running away from it, right? Like it bounced and it was like it could have been interception. There was, there was quite a few of them like that where they could have been picked. Yeah. Uh, and to me, I was watching this and just thought, why doesn't San Francisco just throw you double team Devontae Adams and basically have a spy on Aaron Jones? That to me, it didn't feel like anybody else was making productive plays. plays. I agreed. Yeah. It just it felt like a recipe and, and that it kept working. And I just kept saying, like, is it really just going to be these two? Like these two guys are just going to beat San Francisco. Yeah. And you get towards the end of the second quarter and San Francisco's driving, and finally their offense is getting momentum, and then Jimmy G rolls out, and he throws it to Kittle, except he underthrew it and gets picked off. Right. And it's like, okay, so that was that was San Fran's chance. You needed yeah. points, even yeah, if it was yeah. just a Anything, field goal. Right, exactly, and especially with a game manager as your quarterback, and you know he's going to throw a couple of bad throws. You just hope they're not interceptions. Yeah. That one, that one was just terrible. Yeah. It just, you underthrew, if yeah. anything, overthrow. Right. If I, if you're throwing up a 50-50 ball, it's a good chance Kittle can come down with it. Right. But he threw it, like, low. Yeah. Like, that was going to be the right play. So, Green Bay gets the ball, and you're thinking, okay, they got a pretty – I think it was after the two-minute warning. So, yeah. they got time to drive. And it's yeah. Rodgers. You're always confident. And For sure. He rolls out, floats it to Aaron Jones. And Jones even, like, runs into the defenders. Like, he runs into the middle of the field right. instead of just going out of bounds or right. just keeping down the sidelines. Right. So it's burning time, and you're thinking, okay, well, at least you can get three out of it. And you're up by 10 going into the second half. What what could go wrong with that? Right. Until a gap opens, I guess, from Green Bay's field goal unit. Yeah. Which is – I didn't even realize it that they were the worst special teams oh, in all really? of football. Oh, I didn't know that. 32nd in the league. and Wow. Then you watch this game, and you go, yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense for sure. They that cost them the game. Their special teams because it wasn't even like sometimes you, there's blocked field goals and it's yeah. like okay tipped it got a piece of his hand whatever right, no big right. deal the i think it was ward for the 49ers yeah, yeah. could have right blocked through. it with his stomach yeah exactly yeah he came right through the line and i can't remember was it like a 45 yard or something like that like yeah. it wasn't usually like when they're 50 or 50 plus it, it, it there's a better chance of it being blocked because right? you have because to take a longer that. run up right and it's less of a trajectory right because you're you're just trying to nail it forward rather than kick it high so it doesn't get blocked yeah right it was just it and it was one of like it was the clean i think it was the cleanest field goal block i've ever seen oh for sure so san francisco's running into the to the dressing room locker room yeah. whatever yeah with all the confidence in the world for sure yeah yeah down a touchdown to right. the packers in right. lambo and it's yeah. the frozen tundra it's it and it just every moment I just kept going so like Green Bay isn't isn't scoring again and they get another field goal but the 49ers defense just made every stop yeah like yeah. even though they gave up the three even I was like you know what that's that's not bad right you're not giving up a touchdown nope and the whole time you're like San Francisco's not getting a touchdown how are they gonna get a touchdown Jimmy right. G can't move the ball yeah. what are They're they not gonna running do? very well Samuel like he was getting some yards but it, I almost thought Green Bay was running the ball better than San Fran was yeah up to that point and then uh I might be mixing up stuff but like Josh Norman comes in the game at one point and Aikman yep. goes Rogers is gonna take advantage of this right 
and then he just like under throws it weirdly like right. it's one-on-one josh norman who was in his prime in like 2015 right and it's Devonte adams just, who's right probably the best receiver in football and it was just yeah. two bad throws right and i don't think it's that drive but then green bay's punting so you're like okay Maybe San Francisco, it's deep in Green Bay territory. San Francisco can get, get a good return, get good field position, and it's a block. And I was impressed Joe Buck caught it right away. But then it was amazing for those few seconds where no one knew where the ball was. Right. And everyone's just, just looking up. up in, yeah. And then it's like, yeah. okay, well, where is it going to land? Right. And, of course, it lands where there's, like, five Niners players. Yeah. And they just yeah. get to walk in. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, because usually, like when you're uh, special teams, you're not known for your hands typically, right? So you, especially on the frozen tundra, you're thinking that ball's gonna, they'll just dive on it or something like that. And if that's the case, it, yeah, there's no guarantee San Fran scores seven. Yeah, right. Even if it's from their, the two or three it, yard that's line, it, exactly. Yeah. I also forgot the like three straight plays of fumbles where yep. Green Bay fumbles, San yes. Francisco gets the ball, right? They fumble, but it was it, an incomplete. It should have been a fumble, I think. It right, was the IU. Like, he caught it. Yep. Yeah, made a football move in my mind, and it was a fumble. And apparently, I guess now the only the variable that they always bring in now is time. Right. Instead of a football move. Right. Which isn't like, is it one without the other? Do you need both? It's just, right. it's still so unclear. Right. And and by this time, it is snowing, I think, right? Because it starts snowing in the second half, right? Yeah. Like by the fourth quarter, it's definitely now it's. It's it's funny because like did we not have less drop balls in the fourth quarter than we did in the first half? Yes, easily. Right, and now it's snowing, it's <laughs> which should be so, harder. Yeah, just weird. And then uh, the next after IU fumbles, but that's not a fumble. I can't remember who fumbled after that, but San Francisco gives the ball back. Again, there was so many good moments. <laughs> it's in this game alone. Yeah, that I've just yeah, um, I can't remember. Uh, again we need our producer yeah we do um debo and kittle both looked hurt like debo like fell on his hip pretty hard yeah 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 and kittle was limping off the field for sure i know they're gonna have a week to get ready for the next game but it's definitely a pause for concern yep um i didn't see this last week which is right up my alley robbie gold was warming up for field goals was in warm-up uh in dallas and the Cowboy cheerleaders were lined up all along, like, the, uh, I guess, the inside, like, yard markers. Yep. And Robbie Gold was just warming up kicks in between the all the, the cheerleaders. cheerleaders. Nice. And then in this game, the Packers are introducing their players, and Robbie Gold is about 10 yards behind them kicking field goals. <laughs> and it just made me think, like, wow, that's – I know it's, like, a small thing, and I'm sure it's some intimidation factor. Right. But once they showed that in the game, and I was like, oh, okay, so he's – has to make two field goals and they're going to win this game but it, it felt realistic yeah and sure enough field goal stop rogers again like rogers i think had 250 yards passing but i, I swear it could have been maybe 100 yeah it just yeah it was just he just i don't know i can't put my finger on it because again after the first drive i'm thinking well they're just gonna keep marching down the field and then it just completely evaporated their offense now yeah, they and this isn't like a – I don't think this is like a blame Rodgers kind no, of no, game. No, 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 no. I wouldn't say that either. Just the game plan worked on the first drive, and then I don't know if they 
deviated from that game plan or San Fran figured it out, again, I'm not an X's and O's guy, so, so I can't tell you, but whatever they were doing, it wasn't working, and I don't really think they changed anything after that. Yeah, I guess A.J. Dillon gets hurt, so I guess that is a part of it. Yeah, but, that yeah definitely hurts them. But it's not like Aaron Jones. Like, Aaron Jones was still productive. For sure. Like, I think he had 130 receiving yards. Right. I just And it's... It's one of those, like, I can't wait for, like, 10 years in the future when someone looks at the box score and goes, what? How did how did San Francisco even win this game? Yeah. I, I think we're still thinking that. Yeah. And it's a block punt. Like, that's a- just And a blocked field goal. Yeah, so you're saving – you save three, which is ultimately the difference. Difference in this game, yeah. So it could have been, been an overtime. And score six. Score seven yeah. on, it, on your block punt. Uh, did you see what Jimmy G said to Robbie Gold on the field, like right after? No. Um, I'll keep it family friendly, but he just said "f the Packers." Oh, which even Jimmy G gave a good like interview right after the game, and I just thought, is this who we should be interviewing? Like, is Jimmy G the hero of this story? No, he's they won the game in, manager of the story. They won in spite of him, right? And I just. Yeah. I know it's the quarterback and he's the face and right. he's an attractive guy, but yeah. like we shouldn't have talked to like maybe Debo Samuel probably ran off the field because he was hurt. Do not talk to like the kicker. No, he didn't run off the field. He I'd seen him after the game. He was taunting the Packer fans, the Packer faithful with the uh, be quiet. Yeah, all around. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Yeah, like it's just. But I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, that he that why wouldn't you talk to Debo Samuel? Yeah, instead of Jimmy G. Right. Or even Kyle Shanahan. Right. Like great game plan. Look yeah. how your defense did that against the worst special teams. This this was like. I still feel underwhelmed by this game, even though it was good. Because in this game, I found Green Bay lost the game. Yeah. San Fran didn't really win it. Yeah. Right. The Cincinnati, Tennessee. Yeah, I could have went either way. But yeah, to me, like Green Bay, just they showed that they could do something. And like, like if you're a Packers fan, too, you're going like, what happened after that first drive? Yeah. Because again, both teams were dropping balls. It was a little. It was probably the like the sloppiest game. But again, it's it's three degrees in american terms yeah right it's starting to snow and stuff so i get it but yeah i i don't know to me it's just the packers lost this game yeah you're the team that's supposed to have the advantage in the weather right and yeah if anything you'd think san fran would like to go play there again it's their style right they they play the run it up the middle smash mouth football yep into sunday where again we're just we're building up into this it's I, I still it was still weird to see Al Michaels and Chris Collins were doing a game when it was like light out. And Al Michaels made numerous errors. Oh, tonight. Oh, sorry. I'm so <laughs> he said he had to say that a few times. Yeah, I'm sorry. So used to playing at night or whatever or, you know, broadcasting at night. But yeah, um, this I don't think we talked about it but then it became a big thing of like was was this going to be brady's last game yeah i never thought about that but i guess when they had the interview was it the day before or something all of a sudden it was uh yeah just the way he was playing i thought he was gonna try for 50 yeah but now that he could be done 
That yeah. could be it. And it's not going to get talked about because of the next game. Yeah. But it, it, it we'll does get, get there. buried. Yes. That's also for what? both like both Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady may have played their last game yesterday and we should be here sad going oh like like two legends are done. Yeah. But we're not cuz there was four amazing football games this I also, weekend. I also think everyone at the moment just has the sour taste for Aaron Rodgers that he just kind of is yeah. coming off as this cocky. Oh for sure. And you know what? He's still going to win the MVP. Yeah, he is. I know Rich Gannon voted for him. He admitted on air tonight with uh, Tim and friends that he voted for him. I like how so. they have to say how you say admitted. Like people would be disappointed. Well, he was just—he was the best player. He was yeah, the best, yeah, for or, sure. Sorry, not even the best player. He was the best quarterback. Right, but usually when you're not, um, you don't have a good relationship with the media. It doesn't usually work that way. No, you get you get vilified. Yeah, but it's not going to be the case in this one. Uh, this was this was the almost the almost Falcons. Yeah, so yeah, like the first two games were like back and forth, right? Like yeah, the first game was definitely just back and forth, mis- couple of mistakes, and uh, you know a good game I think overall. Second game was Green Bay looking good early, and then just couldn't find their way. And this one, this was the Rams. Oh my God, this is a. A smoke show, right? It's twenty-seven-three. So this wasn't a back and forth. This was a, yeah. This is Tom Brady's last game. At around halftime, we're thinking this is it. It's it's over. Yeah. The the Rams, we watched this one together, right? So we watched the second half together. Yeah. And I came out of the first half like, oh, this is great. I picked the Rams. Yeah. I'm gonna get at least one game right. Right. I got the first two games wrong, yeah. so gotta get gotta get something right and. It was I, I kind of laid it out as Sean McVay has this game plan. Can he can execute. he execute it? And yep. they did in the first half, yep. like to perfection. And you're thinking, okay, it's twenty seven to three. This Rams defense is really getting to Brady. He doesn't have time like he usually does. And it's twenty seven to three. And it did not click into my head until they kicked a field goal to make it 27-6 and I'm Which like I thought that was weird at the time I'm thinking why but again the numbers again I think football I don't think I've ever mentioned this they have the greatest scoring system in all of sports because every the way they give points to teams yeah it works perfectly the way you can earn it earn it. yes and yeah so yeah I was thinking why not go for it when it's 27-3. But I, again, we talked about it because I think I did say that. And then I kind of convinced myself, well, okay, well, at least you're getting some momentum. Yeah. And it's not just, you're not coming out empty-handed like they had for most of their drives. Right. And that's probably why they kicked the field goal, thinking we're not scoring. We're not we're not there yet. Uh, I don't remember when this was in the game, but Brady's unsportsmanlike penalty that was early that and the buccaneers so talking about penalties this was the one game the buccaneers had 3 so sue i don't know what uh, somebody said that um the quarterback for the rams stafford thank you kicked him on the um sack yeah. i didn't really see that i thought maybe he said something to sue but sue was right in his face doing this after and of course that's an automatic taunting regardless of yeah. you know what happened former teammates right so yeah there was three 
three 15-yard penalties that Tampa Bay, and Tom Brady's not a guy to lose it, but he had a legitimate beef because he did get hit in the head um, with the helmet of, I can't remember. I think it was Von Miller. Okay. Um, But it was kind of incidental. It wasn't like a direct. It was almost like off his um, chest plate into his chin, but he was bleeding. Yeah, his lip was like very noticeably bleeding. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So he was pissed off, for sure. And that was his first ever unsportsmanlike penalty in his career. Really, eh? Yeah, so that's when you know, okay, at that point, you're the Rams going, okay, well, we got him. Yeah. Right? Like, if you're, we got him. It's, it's flustered Tom Brady. Right. Whoever, who's ever seen that. Exactly. And at this point, the Rams have been running it down Tampa Bay's throat, who have a great run, uh, run defense, and they can't stop them. Which, at the beginning of the game, Fournette runs what, the first two or three plays, runs it for 10-plus yards. So I'm thinking, oh, my, Tampa Bay's going to run it down the Rams' throat. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. Yeah, this is a lot of, like, how did that not happen? That was kind of that game. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Von Miller strips Brady, which, again, was another, like, I can't remember how many times I've seen Tom Brady get stripped sacked. Exactly. Or hit hard. Yeah. Right, like bleeding. Okay, that was that was, but he still got hit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Usually, again, we've talked about this. I think before this game, when he's sacked, he's usually already going to the ground because he know he can. It's almost like he he feels it with the force. Yeah. Right, and he starts to go down because he knows. But usually, he doesn't have to worry about that because, like we've talked about, he's throwing the ball before Aaron Don- Donald gets out of his stance. Sometimes. Yeah. He couldn't do that in this game because the Rams were really being physical with the wide receivers of Tampa Bay at the line. Yeah. So they now Tom Brady needs two, two and a half seconds. He doesn't have that amount of time. And it's not like the Rams needed to blitz. It was no. it was like the Raiders. It was just we're gonna They're we're gonna rush our four. And again, if you got Donald and Von Miller who like he's gotta be sixty, <laughs> but still effective. Yeah, with a terrible haircut. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He wins worst haircut of the day. Um, yeah, they were still getting to him and, and Brady looked like Mac Jones. Yeah. For three quarters. Yeah, pretty much. And right? then it was yeah, it was like and if it, it felt it I just I especially because I picked the Rams, I yep. just had that like end of the third quarter. I'm like, okay. Why doesn't this feel okay? Because it's Tom Brady. And that's the way, again, I was cheering for the Buccaneers because I picked them. Yeah. But that's all. I, like, I don't have a rooting interest. I'm just so I could say to you, I told you so. Yeah. Um, But when they made it 27-6, I'm going, okay. There's a it, chance. Right. In a normal, like if it was Arizona the week before, I would, I'd be going, why wouldn't you have gone for a touchdown? Because yeah. you're out of this. But yeah, it's 27-6 going, okay. And of course, Isn't the announcers one? talk about it. Well, we're the twenty-eight-three yeah, game. You know that's going to come up, right? They did. And so Isn't here that we one, go. Is that then? I'm pretty sure then Cup fumbles. Yeah, which Cooper Cup has this amazing game. Uh, yeah, like he's just he's could be an MVP of the league, and and it, it wasn't like he was um, not protecting the ball. It was actually a pretty good punch out. Yeah. By the Rams. And even the after the Von Miller strip sack, I'm pretty sure it was only a play or two after that Stafford's not ready for the snap and 
Yeah. It goes now, back to midfield. Yeah, they lose 25 yards on that play. And, like, they, it's just you can, like, all of a sudden you can see in front of your eyes. You don't have to cheer for either one of these teams. But, oh, my God, things are unraveling. Things are getting interesting real fast. Yeah, and, and this is a good Rams team, right? We're not just talking about. But, again, the wishy-washy team shows up in one game now. They're good in the first half. The second <laughs> half, it's like, oh, boy. Yeah, especially you could go back the last three weeks with the Rams and say this is what their game was. Right. When they played the Cardinals, it's not like and they were up pretty big against the Cardinals, yeah. so they didn't have to dominate. Right. But they let off the gas. Right. Now it's the same against the 49ers week 18. Right. They let off the gas yeah. and let the Niners let back, back in. in. And let them into the playoffs. Now they have to play them. Imagine if they lose to them. It's going to be their own fault. Man. They could have knocked them out and had their ticket to maybe the Super Bowl, depending on who they end up playing. But yeah, they had two... They've this will be their second chance to knock them out. And if they don't, you'll look back to week 18 and say, you'd just beaten them then. Right. You're up big at half. Yep. Um, I guess also for, so Scotty Miller was wide open on a fourth down that they missed. Yes. In like the middle of the field. Yeah. Well, he, like he didn't throw it to him, but he was, yeah, he was wide open. So again, I'm kind of going, yeah, maybe that was their last chance, right? Like I'm thinking like it is unraveling, but, how much like it, it's the Rams? So like, how much is it going to unravel? Yeah, and I'm even forgetting the sequence. I don't think it was that play. It was a. I think it was a different fourth down that Mike Evans gets hit. Right. And even again. Yes, that's right. That was fourth and fifteen. Uh, sorry, fourth and fourteen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so there's a penalty for um, hitting a defensive receiver, but it's a dead ball foul because it's after the play. It's 15 yards, but it's after the play, so the Rams still get the ball. So, again, now you're thinking, yeah, it's just not quite unraveling enough and I think for at, things to turn around. And I think at that point, that's when it's 27-20, and you're like, okay. Right. And that's we had a pretty good debate about, okay, if you're the Rams, what do you do? do right. You run the ball or play offense? And Chris right. Collingsworth's like, no, you have to go and try to score. Right. And that's what I said, too. And you're like, well, no, why don't you just run the ball and try to keep, the, keep it out of Brady's hands? Right. And... Because you only needed two first downs. We did talk about that. They run for two first downs. The game's over because Tampa Bay, I'm not sure if they had. They didn't have any timeouts left because they needed that two-minute warning. Yeah, they had had that one. Yeah. And Cam Akers runs up the middle. Runs well. Five or six yards. Like, yeah, they're on the right track, but stripped. And that was the Rams' fourth fumble. And I'm pretty sure Akers had at least two of them. Right. And... Tampa Bay gets the ball back, and you're like, they're it, gonna, they're they, if they, you already know, like when they got the ball, you're like, oh, okay, so they're scoring a touchdown, right? Like that's that's out it's of the question, Tom, right? You can't say that every day, right? Like it's Tom Brady, so it, you'll go back, you know, you're gonna think a game's going. Yeah, remember if if it was Tom Brady, you go, yeah, this is a touchdown. No, like, that's the kind of player he is. And it was, and honestly, when they had the ball, I think they ran a play, and then you said. When they score, and it wasn't if they score the touchdown, right. it was when they when score they the score, touchdown. Yeah. Do they go, go for, for two? two to win the game? And yeah. I just thought, oh, that's—I mean, that's not a terrible idea. They—they they get a fourth down, and it's Leonard Fournette, who again, it's playoff Lenny. He—that's yeah. just what he does now. Yeah, and gets Runs the it in. Four, and it was untouched. fourth, fourth and goal too. Right, untouched basically. Yeah, and. 40, 40 something, maybe thirty was, seconds left, and it was fourth and inches. So we were all thinking Tom Brady because he's good at the at the quarterback sneaks. Yeah. Which but I guess is probably what that's what LA they were thinking too, to, for sure. And it's okay. 
we're going to go to overtime. How how are the Rams going to go down in 30-some-odd seconds and score? So if we go back just for a second now, yeah. what if Tampa Bay does decide to go forward on fourth and inches and gets the first down? Now they score, and the Rams don't have enough time to go back the other way. Oh, no, they probably score with maybe 10 seconds left, and then L.A. gets one shot right. to try to score. Right. But that's, again, there's a few of those little... I mean, not that that's a decision. That was just, you have to tie the game. You can't worry about yeah, how yeah. much time's yeah, left. Yeah, Well, I think you can't, because you even said, just let them score. Oh, it was. Right? When let Tampa- the Rams score. Let the Buccaneers score. Then you get the ball back with a minute and a half or whatever, and You'd away you go. Time. Yeah, you got all your timeouts, and away you go. Go down and kick your field goal. I don't think the Rams had timeouts. Oh, okay. Because they, or maybe they would used it on the drive, because... There's like a first down play to Cooper Cup, and then there's like 30 seconds left, and you're like, okay, so best case scenario, you're having to kick a pretty decent field goal, pretty right. pretty far field goal, and then Stafford just loads it up, and I don't know why, but I just thought of the game against the Bears again, where I'm like, ah, oh, Matt Stafford, he's going to look great this year, and just puts this perfect one-on-one ball for Cooper Cup with the safety, and it's not only a field goal, it's... a Again, it's not a gimme, but right. it's pretty close to. What type of defense was the Buccaneers <laughs> playing at that point? Like we, I again, I know I, I, I don't like the prevent because it usually prevents you from winning. No, but what isn't nobody supposed to get behind you? Like when you're tied in the last minute, I never understand those kind of plays like where's this where's the other safety yeah where, what, what's going on for that to be able to happen and it's right? not and it's not like it's van jefferson or some backup wide receiver right it's cooper it's, Cup. Your, it's your superstar and it's single coverage like you usually it's you just throw it up just to see if your superstar can catch a ball it might not even be 50 50 might be 25 75 because there's two guys yeah. defending them but there wasn't and that's that's what surprised me i was gonna say when Obviously, you can look back and say, well, he caught it, so obviously it's not a 50-50 ball. The way he threw it, he hit cup and stride. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. And and then it was this amazing chaos of, I think at that point, there's about 18 or 19 seconds left. Right. And all you can see is Stafford screaming at everyone. Right. We have to go spike. We have to go down it. Right. And it just immediately made me think of Dallas again. For sure. Of, okay, so you have these 19 seconds, and they use, if if... Let's say the play ended at 19. They used 15 of those seconds to get down the field to spike it. Right. And I just, I I really thought they were going to run out of time. Yeah, I did too. And they down the ball. And again, not a gimme, but for the third straight game, it's a walk-off field goal. Right. And Tom Brady's going home. And I think this Bucks team, we, we could kind of see it throughout the year that this wasn't the same team as it was last year. No, yeah, exactly. We kind of, yeah, we talked about it throughout the year, right? They were, they were definitely um, injured, right? Like they lost their basically their whole secondary. Yeah, and, and wide, their wide receivers and their offensive line. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, they so the backups came in, did a pretty good job. It's just, yeah, the fact that they had a shot and were really that one play away from getting to overtime. Which, if it, it's going to overtime, I don't think we could have expected the Rams to win. I think they had to win in regulation. I know it's a coin flip, but just I I don't know who would have the confidence to go. Again, I'm going to pick Matt Stafford over Tom Brady in this overtime. Yeah, if he gets the ball. 
even even then I, I would still i would still be shaking in my boots i'm i hope detroit lions fans watch this game with with some pride that yeah. matt stafford can perform in playoff games yeah when he gets the chance um i think i think that's it oh the mike evans i think it was to make it 27 20 mike evans just burns jalen ramsey on one-on-one coverage yeah definitely yeah like not even close wasn't even close yeah it obviously it's a couple yard separation right again it it was it's similar to the cup play of like well it's mike evans he's their best wide receiver they don't really have anybody else No, it's one-on-one why is there not a safety there right aren't you playing to like prevent at this point because you're up by more than a score yeah you're just trying to keep everything in front of you because you want the clock to run Mm-hmm. But anyway, another great game. And it's just you're you're off the fumes of that game, and you're like, okay, let's go over Buffalo, Kansas City. This right. is supposed to be the best game of the weekend. And right. I said it could still be a great game even if it let us down. Right. It did not it, let us down. No. no. I, I will still say the first three quarters are not – not that they weren't exciting, but I think it was a good flow to the game. The reason why this is going to be considered the greatest game of all time is because it went back and forth. There was nobody's making mistakes in this game. You talk about penalties. Can you talk about penalties in any of the other games other than you? We know, and we talked about it, Tampa Bay had three unsportsmanlike penalties. Yeah. Besides that. Other than that, do you ever remember a running play that was a flag for holding? No. No. Uh, You know, uh, Hitting the quarterback late, no. Pass interference, no. It was just a well played football game, and that's why that's why I'm putting it up there. I don't even know who the referee in that game was, and so goes to show you because I cause I can I, I can actually because Mahomes got kicked in the head, and the referee actually helped him up on the sidelines. Uh, that was probably like late in the third quarter. But I again, like Sean Hockley was doing the Bucks Rams game because I remember right. when he was calling a penalty, and I'm like, he has too much of a smile right now calling this penalty. Right. But in the Bills Chiefs game, I'm like, I don't remember yeah. a ref like going holding offense. No. Nope. F- five yard penalty. Like yeah. it was just, it was pure football. So again, huge kudos to the Buffalo Bills because usually that cr- stadium was crazy. How I know they did have. Um, a false start, but I think they had one. Yeah. That's impressive. That's totally impressive. Um, Yeah. Like the Cowboys game, what did they have? 12 penalties, 15 penalties, right? Yeah. It was, and a lot of icky, I call them icky penalties where like you're just hurting yourself. Yeah. I think you're they had shooting yourself in the foot. I'm pretty sure they had like two holding calls on one play. Right. So they, anyway, this again, back and forth. I actually thought it was a little, sc- it was seven all after the first quarter going, Okay, there goes my prediction of thirty four thirty two. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. And it and it's not until the midway through the third quarter that you're like, okay, these offenses are picking it up. Right, they're starting to figure it out. Especially Tyron Matthew goes out for the Chiefs in the first yeah, drive. That, yeah, that that hurt them for sure. And there's quite a few plays that they even and again, this was just if this wasn't gonna be considered because it's probably gonna be called like the thirteen second game or something like that, right? Right. It should have just been like the Tony Romo, I don't want to say orgasm game, but like it yeah, he was having the most fun. For sure. He loved both quarterbacks. He was a quarterback. He's almost one of the best color commentators. 
um, because he just predicts plays like there's no tomorrow. There was at one point he sounded annoyed at the Chiefs offense because he's like, okay, you're going to motion over Kelsey. And he sounded frustrated that he's like, I already know you're going to do this. So just do it before you start this play. Right. Um, The, I know Josh Allen's a great runner and we always talk about that. Like who is going to stop a six foot five, 240, whatever pound he is quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, again, one of the most unathletic people I've ever seen run. Right. Like it's really awkward, but he really used his legs in this game. He certainly did. And both Allen and Mahomes led their team in rushing. Rushing, yep. Which, I guess for Buffalo, not that I guess that's not a downside because they were... like They were running, like again, they were effective running and we talked about it. It got better all year. Yeah, and then it turned into a point where neither team could run because it just... It's almost like, I know at the end of the game they always say, oh, there's too much time. But it's almost like the drive, like the first couple drives are very like long and we're going to take what the defense gives us. Right. And then once they started figuring out, it's okay, we're getting chunk plays now. Right. Because like, uh, if you remember, the Bills went for it on fourth down, not once, but twice on the the first first drive. drive. No punts. I said it. Yeah. Can't punt the ball. Can't punt the ball. Fourth and two. And I think it's, wasn't it in their own territory? Yeah. And it's just put the ball in Josh Allen's hands yep. and he proves it time and time again. I think that's probably the most disappointing part of this game is it's not like Buffalo lost this game. No. I guess you could say their defense did, but no one was stopping either offense. Exactly. At which I give huge kudos to Mahomes because he was up against the number one defense in the NFL who give up 46 points. Yeah. Uh, the the sidearm Mahomes pass when yeah. it it looks like he's curving the bullet in whatever movie that was like right. it is the most I think it's I don't know if I want to say most ridiculous no it's the most because he like not only does he sidearm it and he because he has to throw it under the defender's arm right it then like curves around the defender into Tyree Kill's arms right it, I I I couldn't I could not believe that and Nance perfectly describes it as a Dan Quisenberry throw, who was the closer for the Kansas City Royals and was a sidearm pitcher. Which, that was um, when Chris Berman was doing the uh, the NFL primetime. It was with Booger McFarlane, and he said Darren O'Day. Booger did, and then Berman brought up that closer. Gotcha. I didn't hear the name, but because uh, I heard Kansas City closer. Right, and Dan that Quisenberry. Me think that... There you go, during their World Series runs. Um... The so on that same drive, so the sidearm Mahomes, and then whatever their goal to go, and he gets the snap and has two guys immediately on him, right. and just backs up to give his receiver enough time to get open, and then just kind of chucks it to the end zone, like yeah. as he's backing up. Right. I it, I feel bad that Allen. I know he's going to get the credit for this game because it was so good and back and forth. Yeah. Some of those Patrick Mahomes passes were just ridiculous. Oh, for sure. Like that one where it's two guys chasing him and he's just he's running back and back and back. Right. Um I think it was was it Rave? It might not have been Rave. So then um there's a Gabriel Davis touchdown. There's four of them in there. Yeah, there's lots. Uh Nicole Hardman Nicole, me, Cole Hardman, the running touchdown where he's brought, he kind of gets like a jet sweep play and he's running to the outside. And it's like, okay, Buffalo's got this wrapped up. And 
just no one tackles him. Yeah. And he just has time to kind of go, okay, let me step out this way and go right. down the sideline. Yeah, he kind of snuck in. And you're thinking, okay, Kansas City, it's they they missed that extra point. So right. it's uh, 23 because they were going to have yeah. 24. Right, 21 or 23. 14. Because then Buffalo gets the ball right. and first play, Josh Allen play action. Just down. It was like – I, I wanna I can't remember how far he went back, but it had to have been at least ten yards from where the line of scrimmage was. Right. To step into the ball and again, the Stafford pass to Cup was amazing. Right. That Josh Allen pass was better. Yeah. Right on Gabriel Davis and right. it's his second touchdown. Yep. Maybe his third. I'm I'm not sure. Again, the four in there. NFL record. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Four touchdowns in the playoff game. Um Towards the end of the game, because Kansas City gets a field goal, 26-21, and it's in this territory of, okay, Buffalo needs a conversion. Okay, what are they going right. to do? Okay, we're going to pass it. Oh, no, there's Josh Allen rolling out, and it's a first down. And you and could the, put that on repeat a few times. Yeah, and that play reminded me of Joe Montana, because it, it was like guys were coming at him, and he's avoiding them. And it just it saw, as soon as they saw that, it was like, that's like Joe Montana. Yeah, and he runs for a first down because I believe that was a fourth down. Yeah, that he was had to convert there, fourth right? Fourth and four or something well, like yeah, that. Yeah, like it's just it just feels like it's just meant to be. It is It is his game. Yeah, and but same with Kansas City. It just feels like it's meant, it's one of these games that both teams should have won. Yeah. You don't say that very often. No, it's not like a team deserved right? to lose that game. No. Um, so I think this is when we get into the chaos. So there's the third and seven in which Allen dumps it off to Singletary. Right. Which should have, shouldn't have tried to complete it. No. Singletary should have yeah, tried to catch now it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Drop it and at least stop the clock. So then it would have been fourth and seven and that's right. a little more manageable. It's fourth and 14. Yeah. And this play. And again, this was. Tony Romo was just in his prime of this oh, moment. Yeah. He's like, okay, look, you need to chip the edges and everybody go to the inside. <laughs> right. And you're like, okay. like, And he's drawing, and I'm like, okay, so this is what they need to do. And then, of course, I don't know if you call that a broken play. Definitely some broken ankles. Yeah, like Davis made a great move. And he's just – he catches it and gets and to take three steps going backwards. I thought he was going to drop it. I thought he was too. Yeah. I thought, like, he's, he's that wide open. It's it's going to – because I didn't realize how he got so wide open. Um, so I was waiting for – I kept waiting all game for a flag. Yeah. Right? Something's going to come up. Something's going to cost somebody here, right? Which never happened. And, yeah, he just breaks the ankles of the cornerback and is so wide open that, yeah, he almost falls and drops the ball. Which I'm pretty sure that was the cornerback that Allen Allen himself hurt earlier in the game. Right. On one of those runs where you go, yeah. wow, that's Josh Allen. Right. Who would want to stop him? So that is – so then they get the – again, and I don't want to gloss over the two-point conversion because no. that's another Allen's it, rolling out it's, left. It's like a, a Dwight Clark again. It's – right? Like, how is he getting to him? And, and I'm thinking, oh, well, he didn't keep his feet in at least then, right? And nope, sure enough, they – it's just – yeah, everything's falling into place. And it's so that's 154 left. But that's what I'm thinking. There's two. They scored. There's too much time left, right? Now the the Chiefs are just gonna drive down the field, score, and win the game. Yeah, and that's Mah my thought. Mahomes does exactly that. So 154 uh, around that time, the Chiefs are getting the ball back. At 102, Tyreek Hill is not just running into the end zone. He's, he's putting up the peace sign. Yeah. 
And the amazing angle I saw of it, what it, it was, I think it was Milano on the Bills. Right. He was in front of Hill. Right. Like, Hill was behind the Bills player, and right. he's saying, like, bye, you're not going to catch me. Right. Which that play itself was just amazing. It's the middle of the field, it's, and then... It should be good for a 15, 20-yard run, and he turns it into a touchdown. And then 102 left, and I, I think a lot of people still thought, that's enough time for Josh Allen. He yep. can go down and score. Right. And... Sure enough, he does. And Gabriel Davis gets his fourth touchdown. That, to me, was the best touchdown pass because, again, it's 13 seconds left. Right. Davis is going in the middle, and there's two guys there, so there's only one spot that he can, can catch it. He can catch it, for sure. And so it's 13 seconds left. I'm thinking there's now that's – you scored at the right time. They don't have enough time. No, of course not. It, uh, Patrick Mahomes is amazing. 13 seconds. Luckily, you just need a field goal, but still, it's 13 seconds if anything, you're getting two plays out of it. Exactly. Because, again, remember, Dak Prescott had 14 seconds. To do a QB draw. Yeah. And I didn't think of I saw that parallel today of, like, that's the difference of time and the difference yeah. of tier of quarterback. Yeah. And even Tony Romo said it, and I didn't think of it until he said it, why wouldn't you squib? I. It's a tough play because hills back there so do you want him having the ball and then it's the music city miracle again like are they thinking about this stuff like how are we gonna lose right No. um and then they're saying oh well, then you get the kicker to do a moonshot so it's not up high it's just like a direct i don't know if there's a, a right answer to that to be honest with you like i, I see what people are saying because that because in hindsight yes you squib kick it and now you burn five burning seconds. F- right. So now they only have one play instead of the three that they got. Right. Yeah. Which is also, I think the part that's going to get forgotten is there's the first down play. First down. Did they get it? I think they got a first down in the first play to Hill. Yeah. Like along the sideline or was that? No, the... that was in the middle of the field. Okay. That was the they, screen. Yeah. Cause they call a timeout. Right. And then incomplete pass. Right. So there's eight seconds left. So you're thinking, okay, if you're Buffalo, they have a timeout, so they're trying to just get into field goal range. Right. And Jay Feely's talking about, well, you know, I see him missing kicks from this side. He missed from, like, 58. Right. So at this point, you're like, okay, you make one stop, I guess. They still have two timeouts, and it's a first down, so they're going to have two shots to try to get into field goal range. Right. And a quick timeout. Because even the Hill one, they burned about five seconds, I think. Yeah. Because it went from 13 to 8 seconds. Luckily, they had three timeouts left. Yeah. Because if they don't, this doesn't doesn't work. No, the, you can't get out of bounds. And, yeah. Because it's 50 yards in two plays. Right. Or I guess three plays. And then it's it's the Kelsey play, which Mahomes pump fakes, which even Romo said, like, I thought that was a mistake that he pump faked, that he right. should have thrown it to him right, right away. away. But instead, he hesitates for half a second and then fits it in between. I guess it wasn't in between the two bills players but kelsey catches it and goes for an extra what six yards at least and instead of 55 or whatever it was going to be it's a 48 yard field goal which again not a gimme especially but no no definitely not missed a field goal and an extra point yeah so you're thinking is this the way the chief season's gonna end right the missed field goal? wide right is what i was thinking in my oh. head because he was and he was pushing all of his field goals left i don't right. know if everyone noticed that but even like when he was making them they were going left right and makes the field goal three seconds left. We go into overtime, which again... Hey, it, hold on a second. I just want to back up. What were the Bills doing 
on the Kelsey play? Like, were they on prevent defense? Oh, that was prevent, but terrible prevent. But they have the rushing four. Yeah, they like, should have rushed two then, and then at least you, yeah, you make Kelsey make that catch. But like you said, six yards less. Yeah, you make him catch it, and then he's down, and then he has to call a timeout. I almost thought there that that was a fumble. Because he's trying to call a timeout, but he's he kind of throws yeah, the ball. He, he does like, throw it away. And then, right, like if I'm the Bills going, well, don't you have to call a timeout first or, or like take a knee? Like he wasn't on the ground. No. Right? I just thought that, like I thought you have to go down. I thought that was going to get reviewed. But mm-hmm. anyway. Okay, sorry. Continue. No, no, no. I, it, it isn't good because it's, it is this like bang, bang play. Because the- he knows he has to do that. He goes, I don't want to be Dak Prescott. I got to get down. I got to time out or give the ball to the ump yeah which was i think that was the part of the uh the rams thing that was even al michaels was like don't forget everybody the umpire has to touch the ball for them to down it exactly and this one i think as soon as it was the field goal was good and it's going into overtime i think everybody goes so one of these quarterbacks isn't getting on the field and hence the reason why i'm gonna call this the greatest game of all time because I think the NFL is going to change the rules. Now now it's the time? Yes. Because they've already done it once where Mahomes didn't get on the field. So you've already now twice eliminated your best player from ever being able to get on the field. Now. This is what Uncle Jack said, and I thought he put it perfectly. In a, this is just like you play a hockey game. You flip a coin to see who takes the shootout first. The team goes down and scores. That's it. Game over. That's Drop the mic. Sudden the other team doesn't get to... Yeah, like it's just not fair. Yeah, I don't, like again, I'm a Bills fan, so it's it hurts a, even more. But yeah, in that 2018, I wanted to see Mahomes. Yeah, I wanted. Yeah, let's see if he could come down and do something, or maybe a defensive back makes a great interception, and it's game over. But it's just, yeah, it's just it it. Even though that game was so great, it still almost feels anticlimactic because the other team doesn't get to touch the ball it's the only sport that that happens in yeah right other than the only other thing i can think of is tennis you could have sudden death where one guy's serving he serves an ace championship yeah it's again you just it leaves something to be desired that's all but even with that you have to work your way up to that championship point absolutely point yeah that's right and and when it's a coin toss even i like i called it when when they're like okay call the toss i'm like call tails i'm just i'm always a tails person i don't have any reason behind that and and honestly the only mistake josh allen made in this game was calling tails that's yeah and i everyone like everyone wanted to pretend oh maybe the chiefs get a field goal and buffalo gets a chance but buffalo's defense is gassed they're gassed they're done and number one defense they're done and uh hyde was out so he got hurt at the end of regulation oh, and didn't I, come back. I was going to say, I so noticed Poyer, Poyer out there, but I yeah. didn't notice high. And that makes sense. Um, the Chiefs drive drive down, takes them a couple minutes. And the fun part of that ending was Kelsey makes a touchdown catch. But we're not sure. Everyone's Be- celebrating. Except for the ref and the head coach. Cause so I'm going, oh, my God. Like They're going to call it back. Yeah. Cause, and then I'm thinking, and even Romo was like, oh, maybe he didn't catch it. <laughs> right? Like. <laughs> Which actually, the one thing Bromo, the he jinxed the Bills when Josh Allen threw that touchdown with 13 seconds left. Right. He said, "Good for Josh Allen and Sean McDermott getting win, getting the win in Kansas City." Right. 
And I'm thinking that's when I thought, well, it's not over yet. I right. know it looks good, but he was saying congratulations to Josh Allen and the Bills. Right. right. And and even um, I think it was the fourth Davis touchdown. So the final time Buffalo took the lead right before the snap, Jim's like, I'm Jim. Nance is like, um, oh, like, is are they going to tie it again? And Romo's like, no, they're not going to tie it again. We're not going to have another, or we're not going to have another lead change maybe and it was just this little like cheeky i'm like oh, right. this he just loves this this yeah. is the moment for him and Kansas City, the kelsey gets his feet in everything's fine which again made me think of the tennessee interception because he's going down right it, it, does he have the ball moving he, and the stutter step right so we're because th- it kind of looked like he only got one foot in and then his knee touched now yeah. but he actually got the the two feet in this is I know I'm usually the advocate of like let's change overtime rules. I I've evolved into like let's just change playoff overtime to whatever you want. And that's what um cuz again Tim and Rich Gannon were fighting cuz R- Rich Gannon said no, I like the way the overtime is until until Tim brought up the fact just so you know, Rich, the NHL changes their rules for overtime in the playoffs. Yeah. And Rich goes, "Oh, that's actually a good idea." And so Tim pretends to get on the phone with Roger Goodell, say, "Yeah, you want to switch that up for next year?" Because I, yeah, regular season, I get it. Just have the same rules, and I can we can get pissed off watching ties. Yeah. But in the playoffs, let's have both teams touch the ball and have a fair fight. Yeah, I, I that's weird, all. I weirdly enough heard people's argument of, well, if you if you want to get the ball back, get a stop. I think this is one of those games you have to look at and go. It doesn't matter who won that coin toss. Whoever got the ball was going to score a touchdown. Exactly. That, not, it's one, not 100%, but as close to. Absolutely, right? You watch a normal overtime playoff game, you're going to go, ah, they, you know, but this one, it was. It really felt like the coin toss was going to determine the greatest game ever, yeah. which is, that's the only sad part about it. But again, it becomes my greatest game if the NFL changes the rules based on this game because we've had two and it's kind of cool to see it i'm glad kansas city's on the other side of it because last time it was they're, the other way they're the young upstart team right. and there's this we juggernaut this... in new england absolutely we don't get to see Mahomes. I, I i remember we talked about that Man. we don't get to see Mahomes. that's not fair to me yeah. i'm a fan why can't i watch Mahomes do battle with brady go toe-to-toe yeah Right, which they're really not going toe to toe because they're never seeing each other on the field at any time. Yeah, the only two quarterbacks that saw each other on the field were Jimmy Garoppolo and Aaron Rodgers, and they were just joking around. Right, and they fist bumped. Yeah, they weren't sure who got the ball or whatever. So yeah, this was. I f- I feel like it doesn't matter how long we talk about it, we're still gonna forget parts of this. I did see. Yes, I I saw a funny uh, picture on Twitter, and it was. Uh, this game, if they had the college football like overtime rules, right. it, it would still be going on. It was like right? a, I think the final score they had yeah. was like one forty six to one forty seven, right? Which it felt like if both teams were getting chances, I almost just thought in a playoff game. I know there's always these like complicated. Well, if you do this and you start at the fifty, <laughs> if it's a playoff game, why not just play the fifth quarter? Why not just play the full overtime period? And whoever's winning uh, at the end of that. I'm open to ideas. If you're telling me both, yeah, because the only way is one team drives the ball for 15 minutes and the other team doesn't touch the ball. Good for you for holding on to the ball for 15 minutes Impressive. and scoring at the end. But, yeah, other than that, the other team's going to get the ball at some point. 
Or I think the best option, I know it's college football, but why do we need a clock? Turn the clock off. Let's just go drive by drive. That's what the NCAA does. No clock. Take yeah. the clock away. It's it's the best. How many great overtime games have we watched in college football? And these are college kids. Yeah. And it's already it's already uh, exciting enough. Exactly. And unpredictable. Absolutely. And this game, yeah, I, I mean, the argument will be, well, these teams could still be playing. Well, I'm sure it would just kind of be like that Wimbledon the one year where they played over like three days. Right. Where they'll just like, well, all right, let's take a break, play tomorrow. And guess what happened? They changed the rules. They did. Right? Yeah. Because one of the greatest tennis matches of all time, Took like they three changed days. the rules. And that's what makes it one of the greatest. So, again, to me, it already is there. And, again, I'm, I'm the sour taste because my team lost. Yeah. But still, it's, it doesn't hurt. It's not like wide right. In the Super Bowl, it, it's not the same feeling. Yeah, no, it's not some, like, devastating way they lost. It's no. It's just, well, and it's the perfect, if if we're make, if you're ever making a football dictionary and you go, whoever has the ball last wins the game, and that yeah. phrase is used all the all time. All the time. This, this was the game. Exactly, exactly. If a team has the ball with 13 seconds left, they score once in a lifetime. Nobody else scores. And it, we just watched it. Yeah. That, that's what happened. Like, I, I feel like the only other quarterback, and I know we would say Allen could do this. I right. don't think he could do that. I don't think he could have done 50 yards in two plays. Yesterday, maybe. That would have been his time. Maybe he can now. I, I don't know. Like, if you're going to say, like, can Dom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Probably not. They haven't done it. Really? I was going to say Brady was going to be my pick of, like, if someone else could do it. Right. It would probably be Tom Brady. But it's also, it's not just Mahomes. It's that... Who who caught two balls that made those plays? Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Right. Yeah. Who, again, in this game, they didn't drop, right? They weren't dropping. There was a couple drops in this game. But actually, the worst pass of the game, I remember Allen just threw it down the field to Diggs, and Diggs kind of became a defensive. Yeah, yeah. he batted it away. It was, it, I don't think it would have got intercepted anyway, but it was he was just kind of trying to throw it to Diggs. And that's your worst play of the game. Yeah, I was going to say the – and it wasn't even a bad play because Diggs could have made an amazing catch on that. So it was the riskiest throw of the yeah, entire game. Exactly. Yeah, the fact that it wasn't just like, oh, uh, you know, Allen threw a pick six and that was the end of the game. The right. fact that it wasn't that makes right. it just like this is a rivalry. Even Mahomes was like, after the game, he's like, that's a hell of a team over there. Right. Like seventeen out, Josh, he was amazing. Yeah. And this is like this was Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal. I was like so, so excited to listen to what they were going to talk about. And they said, how many more times do you think we're going to get to see these two play? These two teams and quarterbacks. Right. And it's funny you say that because Bubba texted me. He was a big Kansas City Chiefs fan and goes, they already, they're playing next year. He was all excited. Like they're playing again. Like, well, like in, in the regular Arrow, season? In Arrowhead. Yeah. It's already lined up. So like, yeah, they could be playing each other for years. Like this, you know, it could become a rivalry as long as Buffalo can win a few games. But how many games can you say where the losing player was the best player? Yeah, Josh Allen is better than Patrick Mahomes in right. this game. And and Mahomes was phenomenal. Yeah, and Allen was just a slight tick better. Phenomenaler? Yeah, there you I go. like that. Um, okay, so in we'll talk more specifically about the conference championship games on Friday or whenever we do the next one. Right. 
Um, I wanted to. It's get, all a letdown now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's our three games left, but this it's still at least there's not some team where you go, why are they here? Like it's not some fluky team that got right. Here. Yeah, fair enough. Here, here are what I consider the best Super Bowl matchups we can get. Number one is Kansas City, L.A. Right. If everybody remembers the greatest Monday night game ever. That the, again, this all the greatest games have been talked about tonight that I've heard about. 54-51. It was, it was, and Kansas City lost that game. Right. You know who's quarterbacking for the Los Angeles Rams? Goff. Jared Goff. Now we get, now if it's Mahomes, Stafford, it's even right. more of what could be expected as the firepower. It's the game we should have gotten in 2018 right. instead of Patriots, Rams. Right. Second, I put, it's, I feel bad for Cincinnati, but it's still Kansas City and San Francisco because then it's 2019 rematch. Yeah, so the second all-time ever two red teams facing each other in a <laughs> Super Bowl. I this is I couldn't really decide. I I decided Cincinnati San Francisco would be better because it was the first ever John Madden Pat Summerall Super Bowl together, which is the most watched Super Bowl still to this day. 1981. Yeah, and they played each other twice, I believe. Because that, that was before, because when they were talking about who was in that game, it wasn't, it was Montana, but it yep. wasn't uh, Boomer Esiason. It was uh, no. Ken, Kenny Anderson. Kenny Anderson, correct. Which then, it was, again, great Bill Simmons, Cousin Sal moment of doing their Chris Collingsworth impression and of Collingsworth Kenny Anderson. would have been in That was his games. first year. Right. And it was, you know, Kenny Anderson, he had uh, multiple concussions. He couldn't see, and we just made the Super Bowl. I I, I like that Al and Chris are going to get a couple weeks off and get ready for the Super Bowl. Yeah, bye week. Yeah, Cincinnati, LA. Again, none of these matchups are bad. The no. fun part about this one is that Zach Taylor is a Sean McVay disciple. Right. But I just thought the Cincinnati, San Francisco. It's the 40th anniversary of that game. Right. And right after John right. Madden too. That, yeah. And that was a good game. I think it was 2016. I think was the final where. The 49ers. Are both of them close? Yeah. Um, yeah, the actually, one, I think. Like 26-20 or something? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think they were bo- actually both close where San Fran had to come from behind to, to win. Back when Super Bowls were more exciting, I guess, more often than not. Uh, is Jimmy G the worst quarterback left? Yeah. Like, it's hilarious that yeah. the second-year player that was picked first overall right. is the third. Honestly, I think you could – I. I might pick Burrow over Stafford at this point. The way they've been playing, mm-hmm. I think Stafford... At this point, yes. Stafford's yes. been kind of bailed out by his team, yeah. and Burrow has led his team. Right. Agreed. And we're going to get Kansas City-Cincinnati, too, because they played Week 17. And Cincinnati won that game. And that's the reason why Kansas City wasn't the one seed. Right. It's and all rematches. It's all, all coming effect. together again. That's actually kind of... That's an interesting... If Cincinnati loses, they would have had to play the Chiefs. That would have been that next, and then it would have been presumably Tennessee Buffalo. Then it would right. have been the Music City Miracle. Right. Uh, I I and mean, then Chiefs and Bills in the AFC Championship game, like it should have been. Yeah. Um, I don't know if an hour and eighteen minutes is enough to Holy talk about jumping. football. <laughs> but uh, I guess we could talk about other stuff. Right. I I would lie to everyone if I didn't pay attention this whole week in the football, but there is, I guess, there's some other stuff going on. Yeah, there's some other, yeah. The Edmonton Oilers won a game. There you go. They broke a streak. Seven-game losing streak. They yeah, beat Calgary. Yeah, against their arch rivals. Dry idle four points. Yep. Wasn't too pissy in this one, I guess. Right. Poor Edmonton. 
Like, I, I do really feel bad. They should be winning Stanley Cups, and it's more, ah, are they going to make the playoffs? Exactly. And trying to win a game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jacob Chikrin, the interest, I, I thought New York, Boston, Florida were the newest teams that seemed to have the most interest. Tampa's not interested? Yeah, apparently not. They Can't let Fordham. <laughs> I thought Florida is just, that's the one where I go, no, 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 that's not fair. You can't yeah. you can't have Chikrin too. But they could afford him. That's the that's the scary part about that one. It's just I guess who Arizona wants cuz I from what I hear oh, they're asking for a lot. The package that someone put together, it was Anton Lundell, Spencer Knight and a first round oh, pick. Boy. That's steep. See, again, if you're the Coyotes and you're Florida, isn't this how you get out of the Bobrovsky contract? Like you dangle that like look at all this money. <laughs> For it. And maybe he'll be hurt and he won't play. He could be on your LTIR list. And then you just start Spencer <laughs> right? Knight? Yeah. I guess it's possible. Uh, I think the Rangers is the one that makes the most sense. Like, if I was picturing Jacob Chikrin on right. a team, and the again, they could afford him. The Rangers make sense. For, yeah, yeah. They'd and give up little it would, to get him. Like, if you're playing Jacob Chikrin and Adam Fox as your top pair? Yeah, you're in good shape. And, they're, yeah, they're already playing well. So, and, yeah, not a bad move. And then Boston would be the... It would kind of be their panic move almost, where they need to make a move to get into the Florida, Tampa, Toronto group. Carolina, correct. Oh, oh I just, just meant in that division. division. Right, yeah. yeah, fair enough. Honestly, Carolina and Florida are those two teams that are just... Yeah, they're above every... They were last year, too, yeah. in my mind. And then they just... And then it was kind of... It was playoff Tampa Bay, kind yeah. of like playoff Kansas City. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh. The Islander fan. So I was watching in between the two NFL games. I watched the first period of the Islanders-Leafs game. They were doing Clark Gillies' tribute, so I wanted to see right. what they were doing. And I also forgot John Tavares, who is a former Islander who is still getting booed. Oh, wow. And this is – at least it's not every time he gets on the ice. It's every time he touches the puck. Okay, that's fair. But this was a hilarious sequence because then uh, – Chris Cuthbert set up, okay, at the nine-minute mark of every period, the fans are going to do a Clark Gillies tribute. Like, they'll just do a cheer or whatever. Right. In this sequence, so it's about 9.15 when he says this. So we're coming down. Tavares gets the puck at 9.04. So it's boo, boo, boo. And then it's the Gillies thing. And it's, okay, cheer. cheer. And then, oh, but Tavares still has the puck, puck, so we still have to boo. But then Matt Martin runs over Tavares. So then it's just an crowd loves it. It's an er eruption. Right. Uh, the Leafs had a 3-1 lead in this game. And uh, held on. They did. Held on for, for dear once. life. And it was weird because this was supposed to be the, well, it's the Islanders. They're they're getting hot. They might yeah. get a wild card spot. Right. This felt. This is why the Leafs are hilarious because this is the game you're supposed to blow. Right. This is the team that's hot. Right. And Pierre Engvall scores in the first period with like 0.3 seconds left of the period. And it's like, okay, a little bit of magic in there, whatever. The Islanders are going to come back. And it's not even like Jack Campbell's in that. It's Peter Morazic. Right. And they actually hold on. Um, right. Because whenever Leaf fans want to feel comfortable, even if it's with blowing leads, yeah. they won't let you. Right. You're never going to be comfortable as a Leaf fan. No. Definitely not. The Flyers losing streak extended to 11 yep. against Buffalo. Yep. Two 10-game losing streaks in the same season. That's bad. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to dwell on it too long because Keith Yandel – also has a streak going. 964th game. Right. Straight game tonight. Right. Tonight. Amongst COVID. That should count for extra games. 
right? Like in brackets, it should say during pandemic. Yeah. Right? Like he's, yeah, like everybody else on the Flyers, I think, except for him and JVR, um, have missed games for various reasons, a lot being COVID. Yeah, because it is it is the unpredictable. Like I think of specifically two of my friends were on vacation together. One of them tests negative, one of them tests positive. Right. It's just how unpredictable this for, can be. For sure. And he's survived through that. And even yeah. uh, it's Doug Jarvis, right? Yes. Who is, and even Jarvis is like supporting him and tying and breaking that record. Right. At least to me, it's I, I, obviously we all want him to break the record, but at least if he ties it, right. then that is the accomplishment enough. Absolutely. Agreed. At least there's a right side for the Flyers. Oh, yeah. There's not many. High, high draft pick. Oh, yeah. Looking for the fourth or fifth pick because i don't think they can catch and when i mean catch Suck. fall uh below montreal phoenix or seattle yeah they're so they're for although seattle did beat florida yeah this this is what this is again the wonky part of the season where you go wait seattle beat florida okay and then i know dallas isn't having a great year but montreal gets their like eighth win of the year against dallas right like they're like eight twenty five and six or something. They're like hot. That. <laughs> they're hot right now, Montreal. After losing to Arizona, right. Uh, so this is I, I set it up as the good and bad of hockey, and I think it, it's good to talk about stuff like this because not everything is perfect in the world, and we right. do need to acknowledge. Uh, ECHL game. I can't remember what the teams are, but uh, Jordan Subban and Jacob Panetta were in argument tussle yeah. kind of like a not a line brawl but there was a group kind of right. all around after a whistle right when they get separated i don't know how to tell the story it's kind of it's definitely more of a visual one but panetta makes a gesture towards suban with his back turned right panetta called it uh, a strong guy because he said to suban like oh you're only tough when the refs come around right so Panetta did like responded with a video explaining everything and he took responsibility. He's he was suspended and then released from the team. I don't, he said he's going to participate in the investigation. And it's also it's one of those things that's impossible to know in that moment. Was he doing a strong guy gesture or was he doing a monkey gesture? No. Oh. Did you see the video? No, I didn't. No. It's it's kind of it's hard like it's it's hard, hard to exactly tell. to tell and obviously you're not going to know intention because if his intention was racist, he can just say it wasn't like right. no one's going to know in that yeah. exact moment what he was thinking. That's I think the hardest part for anybody, not just athletes, but it's when you're in the moment, you don't have that time to go, Whoa, am I doing the right thing here? Yeah. It, it, you don't have that. Right. So things just come out or said done, etc. And, this story also, I, I like when P.K. Subban talked about it, and he said, if that wasn't someone with the name Subban on the back of his jersey, would we be talking about this? Probably not. Right. Although Subban is, P.K. is kind of known for um, waiting for the refs to come around. <laughs> that, oh, that's sure. not a... That, oh, for sure. It, it, a, it could uh, be a familiar thing. Too far thing. from the truth, right? But. And uh, I liked what I'm gonna. I was gonna look it up before, but I want to look it up now. Um, Akeem Aliu, who they started the Hockey Diversity Alliance, and right. they had the tape out hate, which I I think all of it is great. And I loved what he tweeted because he said, um, uh, "Can we stop saying hockey is for everyone? I know that's the NHL's mantra, and it's what they want you to believe. 
But as we continue to witness, it's simply not true. How about we say, let's make hockey for everyone. Let's admit our shortcomings and strive for something tangible. Hmm. Instead of just saying hockey's for everyone, it's saying, right. let's make hockey for everyone. Right. Because there's been two of these incidents. There was a yeah. guy in, for the San Jose Barracuda in the right. AHL. He was suspended for, I think, 20 games yeah. for another racial gesture. And he admitted it, though, yeah. saying he said something wrong. So... I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens with this. I, I hope this is, again, this is another moment of we see a mistake, whether he meant it or not. Right. It was still taken as that. So right. this is a learning opportunity for everyone. And I, I really enjoyed, not enjoyed, it's it's hard to enjoy stuff in this <laughs> moment, but the amount of people that stepped up and said, I'm maybe jumping to sides and conclusions, but they're saying, I'm with Jordan Subban. I support him. Like, right. we can't have this in our game. Whether he right. meant it or not, yeah. it looked like it. Right. So let's just hope this is this is it's still progress let's hope we're heading towards progress and on the progressive side because i don't want to take away from uh emily constant gay who was actually like a super agent before right she was an assistant gm she represented marie philippe poulin alexi lafreniere now is the assistant gm in vancouver that's impressive it's a it's a great jump first woman female and i would never remember what to say with that uh <laughs> to be in that type of role the only part and again it's not taken away from her so they named their assistant gm before the actual gm yes because rutherford is their interim gm until they right. find someone right exactly this is a step in with when montreal was going through their process they were like and it didn't feel forced that there were a lot of like female names floated out there as possibilities right. for their gm job right it's just something that it's great that we have someone breaking what's the phrase breaking barriers. breaking barriers that eventually this is just going to be normal. Right. Was Emily was she um interviewed for the Montreal Canadian job, do you know? Uh I don't think she was one of the names that I saw, okay. but it I'm assuming she's bilingual. Probably right. by the, just by the by name. Your name. Cuz even like Emily I was thinking is I was making Emily. sure Emily. <laughs> uh so yeah, like for the NHL, we have the good, we have the bad. Right. Let's just work towards progress. Right. And this is going to be soon enough. We're going to be talking about this like it's nothing. That's right. Well, who are they going to hire this time? A man or a woman? <laughs> who do they need in there? I think they need a woman's voice this time. I mean, Edmonton might need a GM soon. Manon Rion, you want to play goal? <laughs> yeah. That, that, let's she break. is the um, color commentator, I think think for the rangers or tampa bay would make sense tampa bay um like a backup color car oh you know what i think it's the red wings oh the red wings she's the uh yeah so yeah any goalie stuff they go to her oh yeah i meant to tell you that the other day i don't know like on the red wings broadcast yeah yeah i guess like mickey who's not a goalie right he was a player um yeah so he goes to minnow Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, We'll head over to the NBA where Anthony Davis set to make his return as the Lakers go to Brooklyn. Though they need him. I mean, desperately. He has been very inconsistent this year, but it's just, it's a body out there to help LeBron. He could play center, so LeBron doesn't have to anymore. to play your regular position. This, This is what sucks about this game, and it was the same thing. LA Brooklyn played Christmas Day, and there was a few guys missing and this game is going to be 
presuming LeBron plays, it's LeBron and Anthony Davis versus James Harden. Because Kevin right, Durant's out it. for the next few yeah, weeks yeah. and Kyrie Irving is unvaccinated. Yep. We'll leave it at that. Uh, Damian Lillard said he might sit out for the rest of the season if Portland is playing for a draft pick. Can I ask you where Norman Powell is? Oh, he should be. He should be there. He wasn't. <laughs> Maybe he's unvaccinated. That was my first thought. Um, he didn't play. I will check. Yeah, I I noticed as I as watching the Raptors and 30 was just on and I was like, wow, these are like a bunch of no names yeah. for Portland that are really really bringing it to the Raptors. Yep. Uh let's see. Players roster Norm Powell is may return soon. Okay. There he is. There um, he is out. It's no January 9th he was put in covid protocols. But then it's unlikely to play officially out remains out still out may return soon but he's also not listed on the injury report and it's weird because they didn't talk about him in the broadcast at all right like he was just a raptor less than a year ago now Mm -hmm. and they didn't talk about him at all i I just thought yeah i liked him right he was my favorite raptor so i just thought that was strange okay there you go. So we know no more than we did before. <laughs> he's just not playing basketball right now. We have no idea why. No, he's hanging out with Kyrie. Um, I I never I always heard people talk about this of like players if you're tanking they're just not gonna play. But the fact that he Damian Lillard just said it, I I can see superstars saying that because they're guaranteed money and stuff. They know they're making teams right. It, but if you're like the tenth player on that team. You're working your butt off, right? You want yeah. a you want a job. If not with them, another team that's going, Hey, look, look how hard Jack's playing. We'll take him as the tenth guy in our team. Yeah. And it's and without Lillard on the floor, it kinda gives Portland that chance to try out everybody else. Right. Um uh Alex Crusoe, Grayson Allen, which is now the probably the greatest feud in NBA history. I'm not gonna take any questions with that. Uh Crusoe going up for a layup Friday night. Uh, I don't know why we didn't talk about Saturday, but it kind of blew up Saturday afternoon. Right. And Grayson Allen, who, if you know Grayson Allen, you know he's not necessarily a clean player. He's <laughs> had some dirty plays in the past. Could have played with the Pistons of the 90s, yes, is what you're saying? he would have been very good at that. And he jumps at Caruso, jumps at his wrist, and just doesn't even really go for the ball. Right. And Caruso falls on his wrist, fractures his wrist, so okay. he's out for, I think, the next four to six five to eight somewhere in that range right and Grayson Allen gets a flagrant two, gets ejected from the game and I think everybody kind of agrees he needs more discipline than that right because you need to kind of teach because even at Duke he would always do little dirty things like he would trip guys and stuff right very very Duke player (laughs) and I heard someone say um even though they're both white a lot of people consider Alex Caruso black I don't really know why. It was kind of okay. like when Tyler Hero was good. They just caught people called him Tyrone Hero, <laughs> and someone said it was racially motivated, which really made me laugh. Because then someone else said, "Well, like they're both white," and it, it's a, I don't know. <laughs> it was just a weird internet like back and forth of like, "Well, they're both white. How could it be racially motivated?" And someone's like, "I'm, I'm just joking. Like right. it's just a joke." Uh, Jason Tatum scored 51 points against the Wizards. Again, Boston really needs him to do that every night it feels like yeah and 
he wore a shirt before the game that said believe in yourself then he scored 51 points so i guess he's just got to wear that shirt every game now just keep believing in himself yep maybe they'll play in the playing game (laughs) uh the philadelphia 76ers are at this point obsessed with james harden they can't stop talking about him and it it does make sense daryl morey was his gm right in houston but apparently philly is keen on a James Harden, Ben Simmons swap in the summer. Oh. So after the season. Okay. And this is after the Harden willing to move. That's so weird. So, yeah, I just, it's it's almost like um, the coaches in the NCAA football changing teams while they're still coaching. Yeah, hold on a second. Oh, you want me to go to Notre Dame? Yeah, I'll be right there. <laughs> right? Like, it's, it's just weird. Funny enough, I kind of like this. I like the idea. Oh, for sure. That makes the Sixers a definite contender if he goes there. The Sixers, and I don't think it makes Brooklyn that much worse, assuming Kyrie can play next year. Right, exactly. And it's kind of like this, like, imagine, think about all the times throughout this podcast that I've brought up Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving stories to you, even though, not that you don't like talking about them, but it's just kind of boring and tired at this point. Just imagine them on the same team. Like, everyone would go, okay, I think Kevin Durant might be the greatest player ever because now he has to deal with these two. Right. Of a, like, to me, Ben Simmons solves a pretty big answer Brooklyn has, which is they need a center, and Ben Simmons is pretty much a center. And James Harden and Joel Embiid, to me, are such a fun hypothetical duo. Right. It's it's a weirdly win-win trade. Yeah. Unless, I mean, it would be, it'd be a lot more unfair, but, like, if Kyrie went to Philly, it wouldn't be as good as Harden. Right. But it would. It's still. It seems like something's gonna happen there. Someone. Someone's gotta give. Ben Simmons is not gonna be a 76er. We don't. No. Think. No. Definitely. Well, he still is, but technically. Yeah. Uh. Finally, that Raps Blazers game. Um. It was the weirdest, especially because the Raptors are coming off the American road trip when yep. they're in full stadiums, and now it's just dead. Nick Nurse said it sucks. After the game, he just said it's it sucks. It's it's true. It's just you, there's no energy at the start of the game, so it takes the players a while. And I'm sure it's both teams, except for Portland, they were okay with nobody in the stands. Yeah, they got hot. Yeah, um, but yeah, so it it does make a difference. So right now, the Raptors are at a disadvantage. I find it's like they're playing on the road permanently, and then they're playing in the gym for their home games. And I think, I guess it's next week. It'll be 500 people for a couple weeks. Yeah. They got to wait. It's, it's, again, it's just unfair. Like, if anyone out of this pandemic pandemic has got screwed, it's the Toronto Raptors out of any league, yeah. any sport. They're mm-hmm. the only, because the one of the few teams that really felt the full effects of Ontario's lockdown. Yeah, of having to move for a year. Like, look at Vancouver, right? I was telling you, the, the Canucks were full. Yeah. It's in, it's in Canada. Man, just Ontario. Uh, Australian Open. I don't know. Is Australian Open in your bad, good, and great? Uh, it is, uh, but I can certainly talk about it now. Uh, we got some Canadians into quarterfinal action. We talked before about Shapovalov versus Verev, and it was Shapovalov has to play the match of his life, it feels like, and he he did. He, he did. Now he needs to do it again. Yeah. 
against Rafael Nadal where you were you were hoping it was okay, well and hopefully he can drag out Zverev and he'll be tired for Nadal. Yeah. Instead it's straight sets and I get ja- sorry, go ahead. It's just Chapo looks like he's got all of the confidence. Yeah. He also took all the confidence away from Zverev and again Zverev's breaking rackets and it just it just more reasons for me not to like the guy. Um, but yeah, Shapo played a great game. Um, he just kind of took the spirit away from Sasha, who was unbelievable. And that's the best match other than him beating Nadal in 2017 that I've seen him play. And so, hmm? sorry, go ahead. No, no, for this, was, was that your picture for this? Uh, yeah, I was just going to go over the matchups. Cause oh, yeah. I actually like all of them. Um, so Shapovalov's playing Nadal mm-hmm. in the first quarterfinal. Uh, Monfils is paying playing uh Berrettini okay so that's 17 against seven um Sinner who I kind of like too is Italians playing Sitsipas. I remember him uh almost beating Nadal yeah it was a couple of years ago and he was yep. unranked and we exactly. both said like he's this guy's got something good. yeah so he's 11 okay and then Medvedev's playing FAA yeah which that was it's it's amazing the run because even again if Felix loses this one it's to Medvedev yeah. it's the quarterfinals it's not the end of the world right the matches that he's played have been ridiculous oh absolutely he's had the toughest run by far um, and he hadn't beaten Silic before beating him last game so or last match so that was pretty impressive and now I I guess for the Canadians they run into and maybe if they're not one and two it feels like the two best guys in this tournament. Yeah, exactly, at this point. Um, uh, how about on the women's side? I know uh, the Cornet Halep. Who... Cornet um, made her first ever Grand Slam quarterfinal beating Halep. I think she's 32 or 33. She's retiring at the end of this year. It's like she won the tournament. <laughs> um, I guess the last time she was that close, she had match points. Um, against Benchich, I think it was. I, I can't remember. Anyway, the girl that was interviewing her was the girl she would have played in the quarterfinal. Oh. Yeah. Um, 13 years ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that was pretty incredible. So, yeah, good for Cornet. Um, I always liked her. I always like watching. There's certain, there's way more women that I prefer watching play tennis than on the men's side. But on the men's side, I pretty much will watch all those because all my, like, I have no problems in the semifinal. Most of my guys will be there except for, again, I don't like Medvedev. He's about the only evil guy I like, but he's probably going to get to the final. I can't see him not making it because he's had a pretty easy um, run up to this point. It's one of those if if Felix does beat Medvedev, it's kind of almost the the strength of schedule to Felix's advantage that he's been playing five set ma- five four or five set matches and Medvedev's just, just kind of been cruising. Right. No, agreed for sure. Uh yeah, that's that's all I got. Let's let's get to your bad, good and great. All right. So I kinda already started off with my great, but I have some other ones. Let's see here. What do we got? Bad, we've already talked about overtime rules for the NFL. So, like I said, it's just like a shootout in hockey where the one get teams gets to shoot and score and it's game over. Um, <laughs> the next one I have here 
is uh, the Raptors. <laughs> First half. Did you know they were down by 34 points? I knew they'd given up around, I think it wasn't it in the 70s that they'd given up in the first half. Here is the scoring lines by quarter. So, so they were down 33-15 after the first quarter. Yeah. Then they're down 64-34 at halftime. Wow. Now, the, again, the only thing I feel bad, and this is a bad, no fans. Imagine... The Raptors coming back from 34 points. What do you think the crowd's going to be like? Unbelievable. It, it's almost like um, these guys were watching the Kansas City-Buffalo <laughs> game and then realized, oh my God, Like everyone's not watching us. There's a great game going on there. We better pick up the pace here, Toronto. <laughs> better get some eyes back on our game. Exactly. So, um, yeah, just I, I've never seen a team play so poorly and again it's it sucks when there's no fans there because there's nobody there to motivate them or get them to play any better and i that's maybe the first the worst first half i've seen them play also i saw some banton minutes in there he did and almost all of a sudden that's now a bad sign when he's into the game because it means that they're really out um good what do we got for my good um, just with the big Shapovalov win over Zverev would be my, my good. Um, and then I was also going to go with, um, the stat lines. I was going to put it as a great, but I'll just put it as a good. Cause I think we've talked about the quarterback comparisons enough in the greatest game ever played. <laughs> so Josh Allen goes 27 to 37 for 329 yards, four touchdowns, 68 yards rushing, and Mahomes, three, uh, 33 or 44, 378 yards for three touchdowns and 69 yards. I just thought of it as well. So much stuff happened in this game. Josh Allen, I think, was sacked once. Might have been twice. But the one sack he had, he actually fumbled the ball. Oh, and it, it went, bounced back. Bounced off the Kansas City guy just right back to him before he hit the ground. And they still have the ball. Yeah. Right? It's just one of those, if it was a regular game, we might talk about it more. But it's just like one of those... So much happened in this game that it's incredible. So Josh Allen throws for nine touchdowns in his last two games and is not moving on. Damn. Plays as good as he possibly can. And again, not with a mediocre defense, the number one defense. And they still can't get it done. That is just that is Mahomes magic right there. Great. Where are my greats? I don't know. See if I can find them here. Wow. Oh, here we go. Nope. Overtime rules. Great. Yeah, just the weekend in general general for all the NFL games. And then my other one is um, Kansas State's Lee. She scores 61 points um, for a record that has stood since 1984, which, again, in my mind, I'm thinking – that's not that long ago, but I'm old. So, yeah, that's actually a long time ago, the last time that happened. So, kudos to her for um, for scoring that many points yeah, in the, a women's college basketball game. The previous record, I think, was 50 so I think it was like 53 maybe. Right. And then, and I think the other part people kind of glossed over was this was an unranked Kansas State team that beat number 14 Oklahoma. Like, that's a big upset and. 
that's grown dominating. Right, right. Um, and then I'll just finish off with um, the quarterfinals for on the women's side. So you got Ash Barty playing against Jess Pagula. We'll have to see what kind of mood she's in because her mom and dad are the owners of the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that might make things a little bit um, tough. But anyway, that's um, one of the matchups. Um, the other two I'm just trying to pull up here. But uh, um, uh, Keys, Madison Keys, who I think might win this tournament. Um, she's playing... Krechakova, she's the one who won the French Open who came out of nowhere mm -hmm. last year. Um, so that should be a pretty good uh, matchup. I'm not sure who Cornet is playing because it's not showing up here. She must be playing Swatnik, I think. Yeah, because uh, number two, Sabalenka. Sabalenka, who, again, who's got the hip, the yips with her, um, with her um, serve, is still finding ways to win. But I'm assuming that's going to catch up with her. Right, just when you start playing better players, then it's probably eventually going to fall apart on you. I I would think anyway. Yeah, a, a better player is going to catch you for something like that. They're going to take advantage of that, even the first serve. Right. If you got the yips. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's not showing me any other of the matches, but anyway. Um, I can try to pull it up here. Australian Open. Oh, and uh, I did actually watch. Actually, you were cooking last night while I was watching that. But the Collins uh, Mertens match was probably the best match I've watched so far. Um, and I don't really like either one of them. It was just I got mesmerized by how good they were both playing. Uh, and it was like a three-hour match for women. That yeah. That's like unbelievable. Like an hour a set? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was an hour a set. Uh, so Swat Swatik and Sirstia, uh, she's from the same country Halep's from Romania. Oh, okay. Uh, Kanepi and Sabalenka. Oh, um, that one was already played. So that was a uh, uh fourth round, which Sabalenka won no. against Kepi. No, she lost. Oh, Kanep so she's out. Yeah. Yeah, Sabalenka's out. Oh, I didn't know that. There you go. That's news to me. I didn't know that. Because uh, she was winning. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the SWAT tick. That's also fourth round. Uh, Krejcikova, Keys, right. ba Barty, Pagula, Collins, Cornet, and SWAT tick, Kanepi. Right. Wide open. Although Barty, I would say, is probably the, the favorite out of the final eight. But, yeah, it's Madison Keys has a good shot, I think. That's every. I, I feel like we do it every women's tournament where it's like, oh yeah, it's wide open. There's not like someone. There's not the right. Serena Williams anymore. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, times have definitely changed. So, all right. Uh, that's was that. That was your last one, right? Yep. Yep. All right. So that is about it for this one. We'll be back on. Oh, I got one more thing. I did not sleep a wink last night because of that damn football <laughs> game. I couldn't fall asleep. Nah. That's why I was up watching tennis. I tried to sleep. My heart, I felt like I was having a heart attack. So I started deep breathing. That didn't help. And yeah, anyway. I I was walking on the treadmill while watching that game. And then once the game was over, I walked for like an extra 10 minutes. Because I'm like, what else am I supposed to do? I can't just yeah. like go in just, and go to bed. Well, th that's what I was trying to do. <laughs> okay, well, I'll turn this off and go to sleep. That didn't happen. No, I just had Tony Romo in my in my dreams. So, yeah, that about wraps it up for this one. We'll be back on Friday, I guess. All right. We'll do championship weekend preview. 
we can really pick apart these teams and figure out that we actually don't like any of them. It's probably where I feel like I'm headed. Yeah. And uh, whatever, I guess whatever else happens. So besides that, we will see you next time.